Hello, everyone. It's Nikki, your host of the 7th Street Podcast. As you know, on the 7th Street Podcast, we discuss decisions made and issues that arise within the municipal buildings up and down 7th Street. Today, we are going to take a look at what's currently going on in the Unified Government Building. Because I don't know if you've been paying attention to the media coverage and the UG Commission meetings on YouTube, but a lot has happened over the last few weeks. Mayor Garner, a hopeful prospect for a change in the good old boy ways that have plagued Wyandotte County for generations, has respectively struggled in his first few months. Now, this might not be your perception of his leadership if you are just following Mayor Garner on his Facebook page. There, you won't see much but daily selfies and self-taken photo ops at almost every event he attends. Maybe a few inspirational quotes and some poignant declarations of items that he would like to push. Clearly present and visible, which is arguably more than his predecessor, the clear reliance on social media to carry his image to the public, but not actual information the public needs, is starting to become a concerning trend. Especially since there's been so much for him to answer to and clear up in such a short period of time. You may have heard about the car controversy earlier in the year. KCK's new mayor is turning some heads over a new vehicle just purchased with tax dollars. KCTV5 got an email, a text, and there's chatter on social media asking how much did the mayor's new luxury Yukon Denali cost? New here at 6, investigative reporter Angie Ricono has some answers. Angie? Hi, Brad and Carolyn. This was a big purchase, $85,000. Some taxpayers are questioning this purchase because it appears to be the opposite of what this new mayor promised. The streamlined government cuts costs, debt out wasteful spending, fully consolidate and transfer those cost savings to you. This is KCK Mayor Tyrone Gardner the day he was sworn into office. His platform includes being fiscally responsible. It's written right on his campaign website. Click and you learn his goal is a responsible 20% reduction of combined UG departmental expenses, which is why some question a new purchase, a high-end luxury Yukon Denali similar to this one with your tax dollars. Price tag was $85,000. Now, Mayor Garner responded with a written statement to the media and notified the public that he returned the car. But an interesting Thing to note is that during this time, Mayor Garner shut down his original Facebook page and created a new one, deleting any social media history about his interactions and views while campaigning. There's also the recent cyber attack on UG computer systems and rumors that it's a ransomware attack that's been plaguing other cities across the nation. The mayor eventually gave a news conference on April 29th, a couple of weeks after the cyber attack happened, but there wasn't much willingness to be transparent beyond what was in his prepared statement. At this time, we will not be allowing any um, comments or interviews. Those were the ground rules for the news conference attended by members of the media on Friday. I know there's been some information, there's been some questions on transparency, and so we want to make sure that the information we get out is not just timely, but it's accurate. However, when it was made clear that Mayor Gardner wouldn't accept questions afterwards, including those about possible ransomware, our Fox 4 News cameras asked directly. Has anybody associated with this, this attack demanded money? I, just I, don't I understand. Has, has there been any demand for money? I don't have any comment on that right now. 
Is there any indication that this is ransomware? I don't have any. I don't have any information on that right now. Garner also says the county is trying to maintain a balance between transparency and protecting the integrity of this investigation. A ransomware attack can cost a city a fortune, just as it did in Atlanta back in 2018, when a ransomware attack cost that major city a reported 2.6 million dollars. Protecting the investigation. That's a typical response for the former law enforcement officer in his previous position as a deputy police chief. But not at all comforting to hear that be the same cop-out response for our city and county mayor. As you heard, the cyber attack is not only an administrative nuisance, but it may also be costly to taxpayers who may be spending millions on recovery services. So yeah, a little more communication to the public is a reasonable ask. The county commissioners have also been making seemingly reasonable asks of the mayor. But as stated in a quote from the Kansas City Star, the newly elected leader of the unified government of Wyandotte County needs a lesson in cooperation. Thus, a familiar pattern is emerging. Garner has an issue with transparency and playing nice with Wyandotte County commissioners. Here are a few clips from some recent public unified government committee meetings. If, um, if I could just finish my statement, I, I feel as though we are wasting time. And I feel as though in March, it was very clear where the commission was. And I feel like you're not respecting that. I yield the floor. Well, you never had the floor. And I'm going to tell you this. When you're an elected official and you hear and you represent the, the people of this community, it's never a waste of time. If you feel you're wasting your time, then why are you here? because the people of this community want you here to make these hard decisions. I've been here all day and I'm gonna be here as long as it takes to work with this commission to get things done. And we've got to work together and we've got to have these debates. We have got to come together as a commission to get the work of this community done. It's not a mayor's thing. Yes, it is. No, it's not. What, who Don't on this commission you're going said back, yes? You're going back to that. Go. I yield the floor. I'm, I'm just saying you cannot interrupt. You've got to respect this process and what the ordinances are. Mayor, so, yes. Mayor, I am sorry to interrupt, but as parliamentarian here, I, I have to intervene. It is late. We are tired and we are cranky and we're not at our best selves right now. But the rules of procedure do say we need to refrain from interrupting each other when we're talking. When any member of this body is talking, they need to finish their sentence before they're interrupted, and then we need to stay with the matter at hand. So I'm going to encourage everyone to continue to be courteous with each other, to not interrupt, and to get through this agenda. Thank you. So there are, I'm going to proceed on to Commissioner Ramirez. I mean, sorry, Commissioner King. Commissioner Ramirez. Thank you. Um, in our in our one-on-ones, you've talked about you're wanting to work with the commission. And I'm going to be civil. When have you asked us what we as a commission would want? We've had several budget meetings, special sessions. When have you asked, okay, I see you guys don't agree with this. What would you like to see? 
I, that has not happened. So I ask, again, I'm going to say governing is give and take, meeting in the middle. That is governing. So we are giving direction now, but I ask moving forward that you meet us in the middle and you ask us what we would like. We gave you our, what we thought about revenue neutral. Now you should ask, okay, what can we do to provide tax relief to our community? You haven't done that. Commissioner King. Thank you, Mayor. Well, I don't know how many years in a row I've asked for a breakdown of the current sales tax. I haven't got it yet. I'm about years. And then when we saw the presentation that we got this afternoon, you know, or earlier about all these projects that were supposed to be done, and one of them was Hutton and, and Leavenworth Road, which is already funded, or supposed to be, and they're supposed to start on. So they showed that. I don't know why they would show that since that's already funded. And, and I will not vote for any sales tax ever until the, we as commissioners get to talk about what we want on that sales tax rate. I don't know any commissioner that had any involvement on what we wanted to talk about, what we thought that the sales tax was supposed to be. Now, I know staff showed us the stuff that they wanted, but what about the stuff that we wanted? And, and, and I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm tired of having to say, I don't have a park west of 435. And, I, and each area has a, a significant amount of parks and I've got nothing. The former administrator sold the community center back to the school districts. I don't even have a community center. And yet we're talking about building all this grandiose stuff, which in, in, and we need. But I'd like to sit down because some of that stuff, stuff I thought was, was way overpriced. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting there going, no, wait, that's going to cost how much? You know, so if we're not involved, I'm not going to push something forward. I'm not going to tell the community, hey, I want you to do this just because. Because I want to be able to say, we sat down as a commission and said, this is what we came up with. And this is why we're asking for the sales tax increase. But now is not a good time. I don't think we could, I, I won't do it this year. Let me put it that way. And before we put this on a, a ballot, I'm going to be involved or I'm not going to support it at all. And, and District 5 will know I'm not going to support it, you know, because we're here to represent each one of our districts. And every time I turn around, well, this, this, this park got vandalized and this park got vandalized and that park got vandalized. Hell, I just want to park, you know. And, and I'll get people to clean the, the vandalism up. But we can't sit here and, and, and argue amongst ourselves when we're not sure what they're saying. And, and I don't support some of these projects. You know, there's some that I think are really, really good. You know, and I agree that the, the, but we need to, not just the police and the fire, you got to throw the sheriff's folks in there. To, to see what their needs are. So, you know, it, it's, 
it's it's difficult for me because I've never had this happen. And all the budgets that we've done, we've always had the opportunity to speak our mind and say, this is what we want for our area. And we have not had that opportunity and it's frustrating. And then a very interesting and unusually short special meeting occurred on May 3rd. This meeting was an unprecedented one called by commissioners outside of the mayor's agenda because they had been privately asking to begin the 15-month process to find a permanent county administrator and only getting refusals from the mayor to put it on the agenda. This meeting was also unusual because so far under Garner's leadership, unified government meetings have been unusually lengthy, sometimes reaching four and five hours. This meeting sticks out because it was only 17 minutes long. Commissioner Angela Markley called the special meeting to ask for a nationwide search for a permanent county administrator. The current county administrator, Cheryl Harrison Lee, is an interim. And although her selection was a part of a great movement of diversity and leadership this year, it was out of common practice to not have a nationwide search to ensure we have the best talent for our county. Here are a few of the commissioner's points. Well, the first item and only item on the agenda is we have an item. Um, it's uh, under the commissioner's agenda and it's a discussion of the process for the posting of the county administrative position. I'll ask Commissioner Markley to open up with remarks. You didn't even make me hit my button, thanks. At the time of Ms. Cheryl Harrison Lee's appointment, several commissioners expressed that a nationwide search for a permanent county administrator should be conducted. We have not received an update on the hiring process for this critical leadership position. Ms. Harrison Lead was appointed on an interim basis without the opportunity for a nationwide search and evaluation of potential candidates. The community and the commission deserve the opportunity to solicit, review, and compare multiple county administrator candidates to ensure the best possible candidate is appointed to lead the county. The hiring process for a county administrator is extensive under any circumstances. And the job market today demands that the position be posted with all speed in order to locate and screen appropriate candidates for permanent appointment. We request that the position be referred to an executive search firm and posted immediately, and in any case, no later than 30 days from this meeting date. We further request that a timeline of the hiring process be supplied to the commission within 45 days. We request that the full commission participate in identifying finalists and interviewing those finalists and that the process outlined provide ample opportunity for community input, similar to the process utilized to screen our police chief candidates. Finally, we request that the commission receive updates on the hiring process, not less than one time per month until a permanent administrator is appointed. Thank you. Commissioner Urbano. Thank you, Mayor. I concur with the statement. I think that the job of county administrator is a job of utmost importance within our entire community. I don't know how we can identify that we have the very best candidate to do that work for us, which I reiterate is critical. If we don't post the job nationwide, conduct a search, cond conduct interviews, and select the candidate that we think is best from all of those who may apply. It's, it's such a critical and important job. I believe that's the process we've gone through with 
previous leadership, as Commissioner Markley has indicated through both our police chief and fire chief, but not only that for previous county administrators. So thank you. Commissioner Ramirez. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, just as Commissioner Bynum, I concur with the statement given. Um, we are still within a, we're coming out of a global pandemic, which was in a very unstable moment for our community. Past administration was able to maintain some, some form of stability. And I think moving forward, I, it's important that we continue to strive for that stability for our community. So I concur with the statement. Commissioner McKinnon. Thank you, Mayor. I agree with the statement and I think it would be consistent with industry best practice to begin the process of formally searching for a permanent administrator at this time. Thank you. Commissioner Townsend. Thank you, Mayor. I concur with the statement. Um, I also wanna say just so it's clear that I don't, I'll speak for myself. This is not a knock in any way on Mrs. Harrison Lee. As Commissioner McKiernan indicated, I believe this is a best practice um, procedure issue. And Ms. Harrison Lee could certainly apply for the full-time position, but I think it serves the community, the mayor's office and this commission best if we follow the procedure that was done, I guess now five or six years ago when Mr. Bach was hired. There was a lot of community engagement, not just this commission. Uh, so I agree with the statement. It is not from my perspective, uh, a personal um, charge against the interim but I think this is the right practice and the best procedure to follow. Reasonable, right? Well, here is the mayor's response. If we read the charter ordinance, section 2-61, appointment and removal of employees administration forfeiture of office. It says neither the commission nor any of its individual members shall in any manner direct, supervise, or require the appointment, promotion, transfer, assignment, demotion, discipline, suspension, discharge, or removal of any officers or employees that the mayor, county administrator, or any of their subordinates are empowered to appoint. I think that speaks for itself. I stand firmly in alignment with our administrator. She has been our administrator barely four months. She's in the middle of doing an assessment and an audit of the unified government, we need to give her time to do the work that needs to be done. It sends, a, it sends a bad message to this community when you talk about stability and when you talk about moving this organization in a different direction. If you didn't get the message loud and clear from this community that they wanted change, change is here and it's not going away. I'm not here to play politics as usual and I won't. I feel really bad for Ms. Harrison Lee having to endure a commission that is coming forward and say, do a national search when she hasn't even been here for the duration of her contract. I want her to feel confident in the work that she is trying to do. And it's imperative that not only this mayor, but this commission support her in that work. I said it before, 
And I'll say it again, because it was brought up out of order in a commission meeting. I'm not prepared to have that discussion. I'm not going to have that discussion until I'm ready. We will abide by the ordinance because that's what we're bound to be abide by. If we get to that bridge that says we need to have a discussion about seeking uh, a, a new administrator from a national search, I will definitely be sure to let you know. We have got to work together as a commission, as a staff, and as an administration. And I can tell you what, we had survey results. And I've been out in this community talking to the residents community. I have not heard from anybody in this community that says, open up a national search for an administrator. I'd like to see this commission have a special session about how do we lower taxes? How do we do something about the pilot? How do we improve the quality of life for our residents that have been demanding and begging for change? Those are the things that we need to bring to this table and talk about and not behind closed doors, open so everybody knows where you stand and where we stand on trying to move Wyandotte County forward. I'm not here to play politics and I won't. You can play it if you want to. I feel ashamed that we are even having this conversation. I ask that we come together and we work on the issues that are important to Wyandotte County. And it's not about me. It never has been and never will be. This meeting is adjourned. There's questions. The virtual live broadcast immediately cuts off, leaving awkwardness and confusion in the room. The commissioners, as you heard, made no personal attacks towards Ms. Lee's performance, although concerns surrounding her conflicts of interest with KCMO would have been valid. But there seemed to be an overt effort by the commissioners to not bring that to this meeting and strictly focus on common business practices. Yet still, Mayor Garner's seemingly constructed response did nothing to address that point. But more importantly, the mayor seemed to take steps towards actively misleading the public. The ordinance that the mayor read was edited in a way that suggests that the commissioners did not have the authority over unified government employees. When in fact, that is true for all unified government employees except the county administrator. So suggesting that the commissioners did not have the authority to make this request was simply incorrect. To no one's surprise, this spectacle got a lot of attention. And now this is one of the most watched unified government videos on their YouTube channel. When I spoke with Commissioner Markley on the phone this past week, she wasn't confident that Mayor Garner's position would change. But to everyone's surprise, on May 12th's meeting, it did. And also, I look forward to assisting the mayor as he um, searched for a permanent administrator and help him facilitate that process in any way that I can. And I look forward to working, continuing to work with the governing body and the residents, businesses and staff to make sure that Wyandotte County is a place that residents are proud to call home and visitors continue to seek to return. Mayor, that completes my comments. After dealing with the blowback of his public lash out at the commissioners, the mayor seemingly had a change of heart. Now, naturally, these discussions would have come up in my interview that I had scheduled with the mayor on the 22nd. 
He had his assistant at the time inform me that an emergency meeting came up and he would need to reschedule. Understandable, I thought. Some recent news had just broke and I figured he probably wanted to get that handled. He was willing to reschedule, so we moved it out just a couple of weeks. I assured him we could use Zoom for the interview so that it could be more convenient. But as our interview date started approaching and I started watching the UG committee meetings and seeing the conflicts, I started to become doubtful that he would stick to our upcoming interview. I finally got word back from an entirely new assistant that our interview was still on, only for her to call back 30 minutes later to say that he would need to reschedule again. But catch this, his assistant informed me that he will only speak with me in his office. Now, I'm not rolling in money over here in this podcast. It's all cost and no revenue. So I don't have access to mobile and quality equipment. So I asked directly, is there any reason he has to have me in his office and he can't Zoom for the interview? No response. Long hold. He will only take an interview in his office. I informed his assistant that I will not be able to comply with this request and asked if he would once again reconsider. He will only take an interview in his office. So I informed his assistant to let him know that I will have to decline to reschedule and I will not be able to comply with his request. So as of right now, I will not be able to have the mayor on this show. But I will still try to continue to reach out to leadership within the Unified Government Building so our listeners can have informed information. We will be taking a closer look at the county administrative process in the upcoming episode, now that a nationwide search has begun. All right. Well, the sun is setting now on 7th Street. You can follow the show on Facebook at The 7th Street Podcast, and you can find the links to the sources used for this episode on the podcast website at the7thstreet.com. Research was done by me, Nikki Richardson, and sound engineering for this episode was done by Emerald Stream Lab. Thanks, guys. Peace and blessings.